today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's Friday, it's 11.35, and that means Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of Vacuman, who sponsored this fine program, uh, is with us once again. Uh, good to have you with us. I hope you're staying cool, man. It's a, been a wicked week weather-wise, hasn't it? It has been horrible. <laughs> I hate to say horrible, but it's been great for business, Bill. <laughs> I hate to say, I mean, I feel bad that it's been difficult for many people in, in like that that have heat and maybe don't have AC systems in their home. But for business-wise, it's been great. For me, my eyeballs sweat. My, my eyebrows are sweating. I mean, I've just had nothing but like just salty tears uh, for the last few days. Today's actually a nice breathable uh, uh, moment. Um, and, and you know, what's been great about this week is that it, it's been busy for us at Vacuman, but I thought it was also a good point to, to share with everyone that when it's this hot, when it's this hot, what happens is your, your AC kicks in, you want to be able to be cool. And one of the things we were dealing with a lot this week, Bill, is water in the furnace. And just mm. so you know, there should be no water in your furnace. If you're noticing there's water, it's dripping, it's pooling, or there's something happening around your furnace, that's not good. Uh, you're going to want to get that checked out. It could be a drain line. It could be a, a, a plugged evaporator coil. It could be one of those uh, circumstances. So um, when it's hot like this, uh, just be aware that when you're checking your furnace area down below, you're going to want to make sure that it's uh, well, it, 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 it maybe needs to be serviced uh, and then possibly cleaned. Uh, th that usually happens around this temperature time, Bill. Yeah, but you and your dad have been in this business for like a thousand years, okay? And you know that probably 90% of people don't get the furnace service until something goes wrong with it. So, they, <laughs> right. which is why yeah. I want you to, which is why we've, you know, we've asked you to set aside a minute or two before we get into the tech stuff uh, to remind people of all stuff like that, especially this time of year, because things start acting the way they don't usually act when there's the heat and humidity like this. And and you would know because you and Michelle live in a beautiful house, but it's it's an old stately house, uh, you know, in the in the, the middle part of the city. Uh, and I found out when Rebecca and I lived in, in a century house a, a number of years ago, uh, they're not built for air conditioning. I mean, you can put air conditioning in them, uh, but there's too many staircases and winding stuff like that. And air has to be able to flow freely. And so it's, it's difficult to cool a big house, isn't it? It is. It is. Yes. Especially, uh, uh, you know, like you commented is, is when you're set up in an area where the airflow airflow is so important. So, it, you know, a lot of people don't, don't, realize that if you're blocking it with a dresser and i understand it's got to look good folks your home has to look pretty you got it set up in a nice way but i see a lot of circumstances where they're geez i'm not getting it feels very hot in this room it seems uh, it doesn't flow properly in this room um just make sure you check how your furniture is set up you might be blocking number one the registers that that send the cool air through the home but number two is the fact of the cold air returns those are the big grates i've talked about them before they're on the floor if you're in an older home they're mainly on the wall in more of the newer homes if your home's built in the 80s or earlier uh, or later uh you want to make sure that is not blocked or covered even um you need that helps your furnace flow um, more so than ever now with the air conditioning your your furnace needs to be flowing and the air has to be coming in uh properly otherwise you're going to force your furnace to work harder and you might be looking at it blaming our government for high electricity bills but it might be because you might be over pushing your furnace a little over the limit yeah, and you told us that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if you don't do the filters, for instance, uh, it'll still work, uh, but it's going to have to work twice as hard to give you the same cooling or the same heating or whatever, depending on the season you're in. So uh, smarten up out there, people. I mean, <laughs> I, that's the takeaway. Hey, I got to ask you, I, I, I know you got a lot of stuff you want to talk about here today. Have you checked out Threads yet? Yes, yes. 
I have. You, yeah. you know, I, the, I mean, I, my, the big takeaway for me, and because every time we talk about this sort of thing going on, it didn't take 24 hours for them to get sued. Uh, and I guess we all knew that was going to happen, didn't we? Uh, Meta got <laughs> sued by that. Google. At least they're threatening to. I don't know if they filed papers yet. But what, what's your impression of it? Uh, you know what? I enjoy, I think it's obviously revolutionary to have options in the market. If we have too many of one singular thing, uh, it becomes a bit of a, an issue. But if we take a look at how Threads is going to be an option on the market for us to use, I think it's going to be important that we have uh, alternatives to be able to make it work for, especially in the big brands. Retailer markets, I think, are really going to be uh, taking advantage of this opportunity of this new uh, m uh, product that's on the market. So I, I'd, it's still very, very new, Bill. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what the circumstances come of it in regards to how is it going to be adapted? How is it going to be rolling out? And I mean, you know, uh, again, I, I don't have anything more than when I took a look at it. I went through it and I'm like, I... I don't know. Is this is this going to be good? You know, um, how are, how is the retail market going to be able to you know incorporate this or utilize it? And how are we going to be able to uh, add another option into our markets out there when there's already a robust uh, assortment of options already out there, right? So uh, anyway, it's going to be intriguing to see. I'll, you know what? Give me a week. I'm going to play around with yeah. it. It just launched this past week, and I'm already on the bit of a. It's pretty cool, but uh, let's see where this takes us. Well, yeah, I, a friend of mine just was talking to me about it yesterday and just said, you know what's really cool about it? Uh, you know, there are no ads. And I said, look, that's going to change. <laughs> it's right. new. That's why. <laughs> what do you think they're yeah. in business for? <laughs> so I said, that, yeah. that'll change. You'll, you'll be inundated with them before too long. Anyway, as you say, it's it's a brand new baby right now. Well, let's uh, see. It's got to get on its legs first before we can actually pass judgment on it. Uh, you raised an interesting point about uh, this big push that all just about all the governments have right now for EVs. Uh, and the growth of EVs, and they've talked about projections. I know by 2035, they want like 40% of the drivers to be driving EVs. <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, but that's going to have an impact on government revenues. Uh, yes. Because as you say, a lot of the taxes that we pay now are based on our use of fossil fuels. And if we wean ourselves off of that, I, I was going to say, what are they going to tax? Well, they'll find something. But this is this. I don't know if they've thought that far ahead. Well, I can't speak for Canada, but I can definitely say Canada was probably watching other countries and how they're incorporating, what are they doing for that gap? And it's been uh, stated that there's going to be a projected $67 billion gap of loss of revenue from taxes that were normally coming in through our gas uh, tax, uh, as we all know, uh, or more so as the gas tax increases or carbon tax, if you will, by 2050. Now, what they're doing, and, and this is intriguing, Bill, because you and I spoke about this in the past of, you know, they're testing right now roads that are going to have the uh, the asphalt with the ability to electrified roads. I'll simplify it. That if you're an electric car, will conduct an electrical capable uh, ability to uh, sustain your charged vehicle. So they're testing this right now in Oregon, Utah, Virginia, um, and right now, possibly uh, uh, California and Hawaii are going to be putting in a road usage charge. And how this works is that if you're not going to fill up and uh, you're going to need an electricity you're charging at home, um, there's another option is that we're going to charge a tax, elect electrical tax. What they're doing is now they're testing this to allow your vehicle to have a plug. And what it will do is the plug will more or less measure your mileage where you're driving. 
And the more you drive, the more tax you will need to pay um, versus those that, you know, don't drive or don't, you know, aren't using the roads. Um, that's how they're trying to justify this is that those that use it in electric vehicles will now be paying based on the distance traveled. Uh, it's a road usage. And then they're claiming that the new electrified roads will have the ability based on vehicles that are using the charge will then be able to be taxed accordingly. You won't even need to plug in a device. Um, but this is interesting to the point of where we're seeing all of this growth in this momentum of electric vehicles, Bill. Uh, we have to keep in mind that the petroleum taxes and those carbon taxes, that's repairing our roads. That's where money's being collected and being down uh, uh, shared back to municipalities. It's being used by provinces. Well, once that revenue is not there anymore because we pushed it, this is they're looking at avenues to be able to how do we repair roads because um again we'll talk more about a car that may not need a road but in the future um those that do roll down the down the road are going to need to be compensating to our tax uh, coffers well it's already happening we talked uh, about this about a, i guess about a week or so ago on the show here uh I, I, well you guys travel a little bit london england uh, actually has yep. a road usage tax already it's been in place for about 15 years now uh, and it's only a certain portion of the downtown, but they track it. And you, it's it's like a, a toll highway. It's like the 407 toll highway. That's uh, right. And yes. New York, yeah. starting January, New York City is adopting the same policy. To drive your car in Manhattan starting next year, you will pay a road tax. And, and of course, because of technology, they don't have to have a toll booth now. They do it all electronically. You know, they, you pass by a thing there, it takes a picture of your license plate, and you get billed. And they're going to start doing that. I just mentioned governments will always find a way to get money from us. And that's, <laughs> that's how right. they're going to get around that. So it's, it's yes. watch for that. And it, I, I can see that growing. You're absolutely right. Uh, if we start moving more and more to, U, to, to EVs, uh, the, you're going to see more and more jurisdictions using the technology to do that. And uh, because they, let's face it, they got to have money for one way or another. That's right. Yeah. And and I mean, the new format, which they're testing, which I think is great. I mean, yes, you're right. Uh, the, the way they're doing it is with phones and otherwise. What's in, in, in interesting in how they're uh, presenting it is the electric vehicles will then be with the big concern. And I just want to highlight that sounds easy how they could collect the money. The biggest issue and why this isn't rolling out in, in massive and they're testing it currently is privacy issues. And the question is, uh, what information are we submitting? Who has access to that information? If our government knows when we're driving, when we're, when we're driving, how fast we're driving, how far we're driving, the biggest question that's being argued right now is who's collecting that data information and how is it being utilized? Who has access to it? Uh, what do you know about my drive? How much privacy uh, is being uh, relinquished due to the fact that you know when I'm driving and, and, and at what time and how far I go? This is, this is yet to be determined as the solution, and the biggest issue right now is, well, who is, our government is going to be uh, uh, collecting this information and uh, who's giving the rights and the permissions of that. So that's going to be that's the big fight right now over this, how they're going to measure and, and collect that. All right. If I were to say, hey, uh, uh, nothing's going on in the cell phone business, I, I don't mean there's nothing going on. I mean, nothing is going on. We'll explain that right after we do a quick break here. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Adam Oldfield from uh, Vacuban is with us once again. I mentioned just before the break, Adam, uh, nothing is going on in the uh, in the uh, <laughs> business uh, with cell phones. Uh, that's a, a positive statement because nothing is actually a startup company that's uh, making some waves. 
Yeah, big waves. It started in 2020 and it was a young gentleman. His name is Pi. And he came up with the idea that, you know what? Cell phones, they keep getting, they look boring. They're pretty much the same thing. You know, every year they, they pretty much come in the same square casing and otherwise. But the other issue is they're very addictive. So he came up with this idea and it's pretty, I want to say revolutionary, but not really. Um, he kept his phones less than $400, number one. Number two, he created a, a transparent casing on the phone that you can see all the components within it. So it's just like a clear case plexi over top of the phone. And obviously when it turns on, the LED then covers up the glass and you can now see your screen. The key thing about this is that they just launched their second version called Phone 2. So not only is a company called Nothing, they're not really going hard on the marketing bill if you get where, I, where I'm taking this. <laughs> so the phone is called Phone 2. And what's unique about this one is that it and I don't know if this is a cool selling feature or not, Bill, but they stripped it of pretty much anything. So they took it down to the bare bones, not just a flip phone. They got more than that. What's unique about it is that it only allows you priority apps. So for example, say you need calling, you have to select up to so many apps available for you to use, but it removes with the vision of being addictive to your smartphone. So they've created this very simple, you're allowed only so many apps, it runs off an Android system, but it allows you to just use what are necessary. So as an example, say you want your wallet, you want a pay system, uh, it will use Google Pay, it will allow you to use Uber, um, but you won't be able to load that 1 billion apps that allow you to play Candy Crush and, uh, you know, Facebook with scrolling and Instagrams and otherwise. It removes this the social piece. It just makes a smartphone more efficient. And, the, and apparently, this is they've made $200 million with this very simple concept of simplifying your phone. Now, you might say to yourself, well, I could do that easily. I just don't have to load the apps. It's amazing that this vision is that he's removed the ability because obviously we're not, we as a nation and citizen do not understand the concept of, well, just don't use it. <laughs> so uh, uh, this is the latest phone that's coming to the market. Um, and it's, uh, the company's called Nothing and it's called Phone 2. Nothing, not iPhones, nothing, just Phone 2. And it's pretty much a stripped down, simplified, focused uh, phone with the necessary apps you need to live. When uh, we used to get together the first couple of years, we do this show, and you you just come in. You usually had about four or five phones uh, at a Still given do. time, you know, with all your businesses, and you'd set them out there and this and that, and you play with them. Uh, well, we're doing the show. You're replacing this and that, and uh, the new Nokia, I guess, is is right up your alley because it's actually got replaceable components. Yeah, the this is and and just timely. I mean, a week ago, you and I were just talking about the European Union's focus that all cell phones have to have a replaceable battery. That's going to yeah. be a force of all uh, mobile phones in the future. Um, the Nokia, the G forty two, has a five G connectivity, and what's unique about it is all the components are interchangeable. And what I mean by that is, uh, think of it as a Lego phone. Of course, it doesn't look like a Lego phone. It looks like a cell phone, but it comes apart in all different pieces. So as an example, you crack your screen, not a problem. You can buy a very inexpensive $15 replacement. Say the USB doesn't work, it's wiggling, you notice it's not charging right, not a problem. It easily pulls apart, 
put in a new one. Um, it is very straightforward, and apparently it's starting to gain popularity, um, but you it runs off the Android system, and you no longer need to go to a repair center or pay someone with the expertise it takes to pull your phone apart. This is the new vision, and apparently Nokia is gaining its popularity based on simple parts, simple replacements, and uh, the intention is the longevity of the phone bill is the key thing. It's even capable of replacing the motherboard, so in the case of an upgrade, you'll be able to pull it out and say, instead of buying a whole new phone, you can now buy the new, uh, call it CPU or the microchip board, and you can plug it in and you now have the latest phone. And it's the intention is that you can just advance your phone by buying the components versus buying an entire phone with all the latest and greatest features. I literally got two minutes left here, but I want to jump ahead uh, because you talked about this, the concept of this a little while ago, uh, flying cars. And apparently the Federal Aviation Authority has given the approval for these now that they've moved that far ahead. Yeah, this has just been announced. And, and why it's so big is that there have been flying drones. There's been flying components, but they haven't been approved. They've been allowed access and, and permissions. However, for $300,000 US and Santa Mateo, a California company has now been selling and has launched a flying car. It's called ALEF, LF, and it is it's Model A, um, and it's more or less been now the capable. Uh, uh, if you remember Back to the Future, where the it's not so much as the tires flip and the you know the thrusters come on, but it's almost like that. What it does is it's got uh, rotary motors that allow it to lift like a helicopter underneath, and then it rotates and then allows it to go vertical to allow you to fly, if you will. And uh, what's unique about it is, again, it's the first with approval. That means that the car could be driving. And if you're on the Skyway this weekend going, you know what, this traffic sucks. You can just lift this sucker off and you can fly up to, uh, I think it's up to a thousand meters in the air um, and fly over your, hot, your, your traffic in the sky lanes yet to be determined and be able to come back down and then jump back on the, on the highway and off you go. So ladies and gentlemen, Back to the Future was off only by uh, a few years. I think it was 2015 he flew in, wasn't it? I think uh, so. 2023 is the official announcement of the first flying car that's been regulated and approved. I would have called it the McFly, but I guess that's just me. Uh, listen, we're out of time. Thanks so much for this, Adam. Have a great week. We'll talk again next Friday, okay? Thanks, Bill. Take care. Adam Oldfield and uh, Tech Talk uh, brought to you by Vacuum Man. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.